How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I'm Jared Robin. Jared is the founder and CEO of Rev Genius. In two years, they've built a community of over 30,000 sales, marketing, and rev ops, and of course, CS. And their mission is to bring inspiration and creativity to the space. Jared's done a ton of stuff, man. I've seen him around, and it's funny because this is the uh, second time. He was one of, one of my first guests ever, like 200-plus episodes, but he's also an advisor for companies like Syncery, Gated, uh, Reggie.ai, Demand Magic, and Offsite. Jared, welcome, man. Happy to have you on the show. It's so amazing to be here, and Ryan, even more so because we have we have some very good history. I know it's crazy, isn't it, man? Like this, I think we started talking what in the the pandemic shit show that happened in like early two thousand twenty. I think it was in March is when we did the first podcast, March of twenty twenty. Yeah, and you were transitioning from being a, a top whale sales leader uh, to doing your own thing. I was transitioning from being unemployed to being employed by myself. And um, we learned a lot. Yeah. It'd probably be weird to have the episodes side by side, like, but we're not going to do that right I'd now. I'd probably say delete <laughs> it. I, I, if you had to tell me point blank now, one thing to do with it, play it or delete it, I'd say, I don't want to see it. <laughs> There's a lot of my old content like that. I'm like, ah, get rid of it. But anyways, it just shows the journey, right? Um, so real quick, just so we give everyone an understanding of where you're at now in terms of the stage of the journey. And then I want to I get into yeah. like what's cooking, what's new, because there's a lot that's transpired for you. So where are you guys at in terms of your annual revenue? We're at, a, we're at just north of a million dollars annual revenue. Awesome, man. And then what's your primary revenue growth for, or go-to-market strategy, I should say? Yeah. So from a business model standpoint and revenue growth and and all of that, um, we're going to double down on the media aspect, sponsors um, into the next year. But we also realize that we need um, more recurring revenue um, and and value thereof uh, to operationalize. So we're going to be building in education a bit more in our Mm -hmm. Rev League. product as well as we're probably going to um, create an on-site type of product for media purposes as well and and, and I'll be intentionally vague there because I you know we're, we aren't we aren't close to launching that yet mm-hmm. and not that I care uh, but we, we things could change right and I and you know I want to be open to that totally makes sense man how big is the team right now? The team is six. We've made two more hires, six full-time. Um, we also have an agency that's doing a lot of ops work overseas. And we have two full-time hires starting in 2023, both January and February, head of content and a head of partnerships and sales. Oh, wow. Cool, man. Well, congrats on all the growth. Um, I suppose that'll free up a little bandwidth for you as well with the uh, bringing some people in to help with sales, right? It will, and 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 I'm I'm really hype on that because I'm not as effective as somebody else could be, no matter what my ego wants to tell me. <laughs> like like having somebody else just focus on partnerships, um, 
we'll close more partnerships. And this person that's coming on um, has an awesome track record. So we're really excited about that. Awesome, man. And then are you bootstrapped or funded? So we're, you know, uh, we're not VC funded. We've taken uh, $97,000 in a safe. (laughs) So I don't, you know, it's funny. I think, I think that still qualifies us as bootstrapped. I, that's a, I'm I'm curious as to the def if that disqualifies us, but I've spoken to people before that called themselves bootstrap that have taken like an angel round sub a million dollars and and are like yeah that's fine. Yeah, I mean you're sub 100k, so I mean 97 thousand in a safe. <laughs> I think that's nobody's ever said that they they've taken money in a safe, so I think that's entertaining. That's almost like you know no no a safe a safe is a is a vehicle. Oh. <laughs> A safe is a funding vehicle, a safe. Okay. It's a security vehicle that's very good. It's it's like a convertible note, but Y Combinator popularized it recently. Gotcha. Okay. Apologize for my, my gap on that if one. We had, if we had cash in a safe right now. <laughs> that's what I thought you meant, man. Um, like, an, an actual <laughs> safe. That, w- that would be... That would be very on brand. It was it was in grandma's couch cushions. We took it out. It's fantastic. It's sitting there ready for us to use. Yeah. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter. Check out other free content resources I have there. And let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So talk to us, man. What's what's happened over the like? Because I, I don't want to go all the way back to the way back, right? Yeah. Because we did that. Um, however, I want to to get like what happened over the past year, right? Like mm-hmm. what's kind of trans transpired over the past year, and I just want to hear like what's happened, what you've learned. Just walk us through that experience. The last year was was pretty exceptional. Like, like I, I came into 2022, you know, now we're in like year two where I'm like, this is our year, right? We had a pretty good team or so I thought. And, and what happened at the turn of the year, our, our head of marketing left. Um, and she's wonderful and, and there's, there's no ill will or anything there. And, um, and, and we had like our, our partner success person leave at the time. So for a team of five ish people, um, having your strongest marketing person and, and arguably your strongest team member leave and, and this, you know, being of that uh, was a big loss. So like we, we were in reactionary mode for half the year. And then we brought some other folks on and, um, and it was hard. It, it, it was, it was a difficult year. We were up revenue year over year Um but frankly, that's probably just because I set up the deals to close in last December, to tell you the truth. Like there was a period of time I like didn't even want to sell because we were figuring out how to manage um what we sold. And um then what happened miraculously uh in this past quarter was I had like a come to Jesus moment, um, so to speak, and 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 just 
brought on um, a really good friend to to and 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 really good person in the space to run ops for us, like somebody that's um, in his last role, he five x revenue year over year for the first year, like ten x valuation to to the point of being a unicorn. You know, from the time he came on to the time he left, which was within 15 months, and wow. had been like a, a senior leader at other technology companies with success before. And we'd become friends along the way. A couple of years ago, I actually helped him get that last role. <laughs> um, oh, nice. I, I made the intro for it. And um, when it didn't work out with that company and he started his agency, I got him his first couple of clients and we became his third. Um, and, and then I'm like, Hey, do you want to just come on? And, 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 and he loved what we were doing and, and our relationship was there. And that was the first major domino. Okay. Like I could say like we, we turned over people on the team that weren't working out uh, from a performance standpoint. Sure. Um, and, and that is true. But the first domino was me realizing I had plateaued um, what I could do without somebody better than me on the team. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll hear a lot of people say like, oh, I only hire people better than me. And that's true. Fucking do it. And I was at a point um, at the beginning of the year where the only person that might have been better than me on the team had left. And I arguably was the best. And, and that's, that's a tough position to be in, especially as the founder because you have to find people that know more than you. This is not easy. So when that first domino happened, now all of a sudden um, we're making hires that work for us better. Like I have somebody else to to throw ideas against, like with with how to structure our team, get validation in some ways, and 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 have a running mate that's helping level us up in many different ways. So. In literally a month since he's been on, we've brought on some phenomenal team members. You you hear like the hires already planned out, and they would have started today, like if it wasn't for you know like um, other things. But um, not like 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 strongly knowing what roles we need to hire, why, and what levers they'll open was something I was missing by myself. I'm operationally passable, competent, but I'm not operationally proactive. And and that was this this new element that came in. Mm. So it was a humbling year. Um and it was an amazing year because I have an amazing COO. Um and going from reactionary, reeling from good team members leaving to being proactive is something awesome. And and not and, and while we might be picking some goals out of thin air, because there is that, um, there's also objectivity to that thin air. There's there's objectivity to all of our goals. Um, where in the last year, it, I mean, I I hope most early stage founders could admit this. Like there is some bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah. So so there's a significantly less amount of that, and I feel a lot more in control of everything. <laughs> And that's yeah, just me I mean, being real. And if you know, no, you know. it's true. It's totally true, man. So like, yeah. Cause like, here's, here's the, the part that nobody talks about. Right. You see all this shit on LinkedIn or Twitter. It was like, yeah, I mean, I have, I have an element of this in, in my profile. Right. But like, yeah, I went from zero to like a hundred million 
you know, and, and, uh, X amount of time, right. In five years, but they don't talk about that. That person like failed at like 15 businesses in the previous nine years. Right. And so like, you got to eat the shit sandwich when you first start and effectively like there's elements where you have the same role as an SDR as a founder when you start, cause you're on the phone calling people or reaching out, connecting people, trying to generate something out of nothing. I mean, wouldn't you agree on that? So let's, so let's go back, man. Like, um, I think that's awesome that you got someone that now you can pitch and catch with. Um, and I'm better. Play. Like I, I sound smarter. He helped <laughs> me. I I've, I've improved. I've already, I've already taken growth classes. Like, like we are so aligned. It's amazing. Well, let me ask you that. So besides like, it's, it sounds like you have a massive amount of goodwill that you contributed prior to that person coming on board. Right. And so sounds like you, it. I hope so. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you had, you were a client of theirs, you helped them get a job, you know? And, and so there, there's a trust there. But like, what did you do to bring someone of that level of talent over? Did you offer them um, equity? Did you, especially as early stage, because you don't have just tons and yeah, tons so of cash. It, it's, it, well, you know, as I said, um, we're north of seven figures. And when I say north of seven, like the entry level to seven figures, um, we are profitable. We're pretty profitable. So, you know, um, while they're not making what they can make on the open market. Like it, it is competitive enough to live on. Um, and then some, right. And, um, in a typical, you know, equity agreement this early where, where there is, you know, something more than just a, a typical soldier, so to speak, like where, where, where they're compensated for, for senior level equity. Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured. So <laughs> shifting gears, but, but, but also like, keep in mind, um, it's not just the comp and the equity, but it's the problem we're solving and how excited they are about that. And, and, and that's something that you'll see early stage always, right? Because you're going to have to take some sort of pay cut. Um, maybe it's a lot, maybe it's a little, um, you, you, and you have to honestly think the equity is worth something. So what he saw was an opportunity in the community space, which he believes is the most potent out there. And and the most underserved, so to speak, and underserved, um, like unrealized, I should say. And um, no matter how much times you hear it, it's still unrealized. Like it, it very much is. And and he just wanted to come in and uh, and and really maximize it. Well, let's talk through that, man. So. Why do you feel like it's so underserved and why there's so much opportunity? Cause yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback, man. Cause it's been a massive evolution from when like I was talking, everything went virtual for a while. Now it's the pendulum's kind of swinging back a little bit um, in some cases. Right. So what do you mean by unrealized like potential in there? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So everybody out there um, and, and let's look at it from like a brand standpoint, brands like, 15 years ago, social media was like slightly nebulous. Like it was just this fun, cool thing. Um, you hopped on certainly 20 years ago, right? Like you hopped on, you networked with old friends and all of this. And then somewhere along the way, there was an aha moment that it could generate revenue. Um, and then, and then people still had a foot in the water with it. They're like, oh, this is, this is Facebook. This is, um, something social. We shouldn't do it. Then direct to consumer brands like started leaning in and they're like, wait, 
there's something here. And then, and then, um, Facebook built like advertising out. Um, and then they built in like attribution out and they built in this whole network so that like, and, 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 and that the people are able to optimize it and predict return on ad spend, be able to understand that if you invest $10 or a hundred dollars in Facebook, you get a hundred dollars back or, or a multiple of that. And what's profitability and all of that. Right mm-hmm. now in the last two years, certainly, you know, throughout COVID is, is when I've been in the space, everybody's saying community is the most important community is the most important yet. Uh, and, and, and folks are investing in it. Sure. Um, but there's also like the phrase dark social that goes with community, right? Like, like this is where the most potent stuff is happening. I just can't tell you what happened or what it happened or where it happened, but it's happening there. <laughs> I promise. And then they all have one anecdote like, oh yeah, I got him a job at this company that scaled 5X because I met him in the community and everybody has that anecdote. But granularly, you can't find all the intense signals that you can mm-hmm. on social, right? Right, exactly. Can't say that this person spoke about Ryan's podcast and Pavilion, spoke about it, uh, clicked the link in Rev Genius, and then ended up going to it in RevOps Co-op. Or, or even just in the one, right? Like, like he did it in this channel, that, or the next. Um, and 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 I believe that because of that lack, um, and because of the lack of data that there is, like, there's a ceiling to what folks um, will will pay um, to be in communities. There's a ceiling for what they expect to get out sometimes. Um, and, and, you know, what's obvious is if you close a million dollar deal or whatever, you know, you could, you could attribute it. So you could, you could align it with pipeline, which people are doing and that's fine. But I think there's more intent that they're not realizing is originating there. Right. And they're just looking at the output versus looking at leading indicators. Cause we don't have anything to show them mm-hmm. that well. So, so they're putting this together. Like, John Doe went to my webinar on this day. John Doe came here on my website this day. John Doe bought eight months. If they're putting that together themselves and, 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 and they're not. Um, so I think Rev Genius could be a breeding ground for that, right? Like, and it requires us getting better technology or tooling it ourselves and figuring that out and, and, and giving that to partners. But there's the ability for brands to to leverage and learn more about dark social, bring it to the light, bring community to the light, and that's that's pretty damn exciting, right? Like like bring word of mouth to the light. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that, man. I, I think I've seen so many like strategic products of just having this podcast um, with word of mouth and other things, other parts of business. Um, and I imagine the same with you and I'm not even running a community, so I can see how it'd be so instrumental in there, I guess. Like, so let's break that down one, one step further. So like, if you kind of attack it, what do you see are like the leading indicators of the most successful communities or of, of your community that I guess, instead of talking about others, let's talk about you guys. Like, what do you think are like, and break it down from a couple of components, like members, sponsors, like you know, what would you say are the leading indicators of 
well, our uh, success when it comes so to So leading indicator, and one key thing is it's one centralized metric. There could be many people here. Um, we have one centralized metric, um, weekly active users, because we believe that's going to lead a lot of others. And, and we haven't really gone down the path to figure out like, what it is for sponsor success yet. We just know for our community success, if we optimize on weekly active users, weekly active members, um, give really good content and all of that, more people will show up to events. More people will um, get value out of it and, 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 and all of that. And, um, and that metric is the same North Star metric. It might be a different cadence, social media platforms have daily active users, right? Um, and all of this. So like, you'll notice that that's, that's key. That's the same metric uh, LinkedIn has probably as their North star. And, and, and I think that's important to pick one North star metric and to optimize against it. And, and there's also a couple different um, personas and we haven't really gotten this granular, but there's, there's a couple different types of people that come to our community. And I look at the Pinterest example or what Pinterest has is something interesting. There's, there's two types of people that come to Pinterest. You have your, the people you could optimize for daily active users and you have the people that just come for projects, right? I, I just have Pinterest cause we bought a house and we want to interior decorate, or I just have Pinterest because I'm getting married. And, and, and for that period of time, a month, two months, three months, they're there every day. Boom, boom, boom. Like, like there's nothing better in the world for Pinterest than Pinterest when you're getting married and you need inspiration. But then when you're married, eh, I'm going to wait until I buy a house to go back on Pinterest because there's nothing better at that point than helping me decorate my house than Pinterest. But I have no need for it in between. So community has people that are there all the time. And then you have people that like, they're not there. Oh shit, I lost my job. I got to go there. Right? And and for that one month it takes, two months it takes to find a new job. Those people are praying to that community every day. Like <laughs> I am leaning in. I am the number one volunteer. I'm the number one everything. And then they get a job and they say deuces. And that's fine. And then when they're hiring, they come back, right? Like or <laughs> or when something happens or or when they realize they can't get promoted unless they develop a skill set, so I need to get that or, or or something. And that's awesome. And but it's important to recognize that and and build for both use cases, right? Like like it's not saying how do we turn somebody who doesn't have a job into some so yeah, sure there's a little bit of that, right? But it's also just to say like Hey, how do we support them more? How do we find the inactive person and say, Hey, which use case are you here for? Do you realize we have this one too? Like, Oh my gosh. So like that, it's super interesting. I love that, man. That like, I've seen that. That makes so much sense. Like I've seen that also, not just with like the job seekers, but also the people are like, (laughs) I've seen this multiple times. Oh, yo, I just wrote a book and y'all support it. I'm like the promoters. Yeah, yeah. The promo- I'm like, where have you been the last like year and a half or whatever? You're just you're just dropping in. So oh, they're the worst. Just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, but it's it's solid but it's though. True. You got, it's true. You got the the loyal, and then you got more. I like how you how you politically correct project based people, right? Yeah. Where it's like it's a point in time where that's like the most important thing at that time, and but not all the time, right? What's What's cool is the project based person. 
the folks that I love that are like the most interesting are the people that like might've had success selling businesses in the past, all of this, like massive amounts of success. And now they're a founder at seed stage again. That person will come to community until they raise like a lofty, like a or B before leaving. And this is super cool because this is when you could interact with like the founder of Marketo or something for like a short period of time where they bring back, you know, they're back to their humble roots and they're like, okay, what do I need to know? The best founders are the most humble ones that'll like come back and be there day to day. And I've seen it with some phenomenal founders. And I think that's super cool. Like for a project-based person. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's a really good use case. And I didn't really think of it like that, but a lot of the, you know, the SaaS CEOs that I've had on the show, they're serial, right? They'll do it multiple times yep. and they, they start over and then they, you know, go through that iteration. So it makes a lot of sense, man. So where do you see like with, with, all the data that you have and all the experiences that you've had, like living day in, day out of community, where do you see this going over the next three to five years? So I, I think the big thing is I see our data becoming better. I see it becoming more granular. I see us um, knowing more about how people interact with Slack, with our ecosystem, with social, like how, how we figure that out. Right. And, and, and and how that contributes to their intent to show up, to buy, to to be active, right? And and I think we'll continue to to level up that, and and that's going to be to help us with our current business models, right? To optimize the effectiveness there, like how can we use that data internally to be more valuable for brands to spend money, to be more valuable for people to get educational input, like when that product launches, whatever other product, I think, I think those are all big and that's the first optimization of that data. And the second is, holy cow, this is something that nobody has. Is this a product to sell others? You know, like how we do it, like an offering, um, is it technology? Is it services? All of that? Is it, um, is it something quite a bit more meta? And uh, I, I, I sense it is. Hmm. Okay. And then let me ask you this. So, but I, 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 I like, we're going to build out our content in a big way. We're going to become the de facto place for all revenue professionals to go to scale themselves and their companies. Like that's table stakes with everything we do. The most important. Okay. So that's, that's the approach, like that real content led approach to and community is content led yeah a hundred percent so what would you say like and we're almost up on time but i want to ask you this because i'm curious like what do you think is the single biggest mistake that you've made you know trying to build and grow to community that you also see other folks making as well the biggest so biggest mistake in community or growing a business you pick a lane man either one whether it's growing a business or the community, I, I think uh, I'd be curious to hear either answer. So I made so many mistakes, um, but I fixed so many. Like, do I do I regret making them at those points? Like, I'm just like so humble with the journey. Um, the biggest mistake I see people um, with building community, because I always say like the biggest hack for building community 
is do it full time. Now, nobody mm-hmm. wants to do that, right? Like, <laughs> like you do that, you're going to learn everything and you're going to be light years past everybody else because everybody's doing it as a side hustle if they're doing it, right? They're probably more like a newsletter that they're calling a community or like social posts that they're calling their community of followers. These are all common, right? So like the biggest mistake um, is, is not doing it full time and then not building, uh, not putting a team behind it. Because you're going to make a ton of mistakes along the way. Uh, I'm going to make more mistakes along the way. But um, doing it full-time, because I had to, was was like a hit. Um, not being honest about the makeup of my team, being able to help me hit the goals that, that we had and stuff, um, was a real business challenge. Could I have done it earlier? Oh, man, there's levels to it, right? Like, yeah, of course psychologically, could I have done it earlier? I don't know, man. I don't know if I actually could honestly say like, yeah, this was a mistake. And if I was put in that situation, if I was put in that situation again, a hundred percent, I would do it different now. But if I went back in time with my same headspace, knowing like, Hey, I probably should do this. Would I? It's a psychological mindfuck being a founder, man. <laughs> like, like you need to do what you need to do to stay as even killed as possible. So, yeah, and and um, a lot of uh, you know spiritually big mistakes that 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 I've made or, or mistakes that that I do or things I would do differently is uh, more meditation, more realizing like the biggest superpower you could have as a founder is being even killed by far. If you're even, and then followed by like not having an ego, of course, and, 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 um, and just be like looking for improvements and being kind, like always, but also to yourself. Those are all big things that sometimes get lost in the sauce and lost in the fold, like as you go. So, like, yeah, but, um, and, and, and then I must say, like, the biggest win for me, and I know we're kind of just adding on to your answer here, uh, bringing the COO on, man. I literally direct correlation to my anxiety going down and sleeping through the night. I can't even make it up. Like, like within two weeks time, probably. And then like literally 90. Yeah. So wanted to throw that out there too. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for all the success. I'm happy that the anxiety is down. I think, I think it'll come back at some point, but whatever. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Right. It circles back, but like, what you said about being kind to yourself, I think is so critically important because like you wouldn't be starting something from scratch if you weren't unhappy with the status quo or didn't like the way things are. So to like, and, but part of that is like to have that resiliency is to be hard on yourself, but there's a threshold, right? Where you could be too hard on yourself and beat the hell out of yourself mentally. Cause you're not where you want to be as fast as you want to be. You right? could cause yourself to have a law of diminishing returns. Exactly. I think you nailed it, man. Well, I, I could keep talking with you about this probably for another hour. Um, we'll do another we got to wrap it up. <laughs> we both have day jobs too, right? But yes, sir. So where can people find you? Where can they get more involved with Rev Genius? And then we'll wrap it up, man. Yeah, find me on LinkedIn, uh, forward slash Jared-Robin with all that good LinkedIn stuff. Uh, Jared at RevGenius.com. And then come to RevGenius.com. Click any of the buttons. You could sign up for free. I'm I'm here to help. So like, no matter what you're looking to do, if it's find a job, find somebody to work, get get a senior leadership job or or bullshit about 
building companies, I've, I, I, I went from zero to one. We're trying to figure out how to go from here on, <laughs> and it's exciting. Awesome, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Um, so thanks for being on, man. Thank you for having me. It's been really nice. All right. We'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.